Welcome to episode 75 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. I'm back and I'm Mike. I'm Al. And I'm Anton. And it's so great to have you back, Mike. Yes, I'm oh, here wait, again. There's someone, there's someone else there, Mike. Yes, Who's well, that? Only the, only the people that are watching live will realise that I have my 17-day-old uh, 17, 17 son, Gabriel, with us at the moment. He's uh, currently asleep on my shoulder, uh, which is great because most of the rest of the time he's screaming. So it's uh, pretty <laughs> ideal, really. Uh, but no, he's great. And uh, he, is, he is joining us for the start of this podcast recording. Are we on the camera? I assume we're on the camera for people watching live we are in the camera oh. so um it's good to hear he's getting his uh mario kart 8 and rocket league screams in getting the practice in starting well, young you're doing good to, to be fair when he's like this normally i usually lie him on my chest so i can hold my switch controller um and well i'll tell you what i've been playing in a few minutes but uh that's that's i've actually had more gaming in the last few days than i have in months because i've got to sit with them for half the time so it's, i remember uh, that well i used great. that time to watch mm. i think pretty much the entirety of start out next generation yeah it's great <laughs> it's like there there are there are benefits there are definitely benefits uh but yes i am back and it's my first one in uh well let's see now what's that th- two weeks two full weeks so i've missed two episodes so it does feel really weird but we've got a whole bunch Don't of stuff worry, if you're rusty we'll let you off oh thank you very much that's so kind of you al uh we've got loads <laughs> coming up and as well as that of course we've got uh, indie corner leona has picked a game that uh is particularly uh appropriate for me and al but we'll come on to that a bit later on and uh, as well as that we've got rumors and we've got the quiz and if the baby starts crying hey that's them's the breaks what can you do um but i think we should start off with uh, what what we've been playing so al what have you been playing this week you know i have spent quite a lot of time weirdly playing lego superheroes the marvel superheroes 2 game which i'd started off playing with my son who i think everybody knows is about five years old at the moment well he is five years old at the moment and i thought this is great he loves lego he loves superheroes so we started to play this game his attention span is not up to playing it yet. But you know what? I've discovered I actually quite enjoy it. There's been a few glitches which have been really annoying, but I'm quite enjoying it. So I've just given up playing with him. He occasionally just dives in, runs around, shoots a few things, leaves, and I just carry on playing it. And I'm I'm kind of enjoying it, <laughs> to be honest. I have that game. I haven't actually played it properly yet. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to jumping in because I do love the Lego games. Uh, Anton, what about you? What have you been playing? Um, sacrilege I, I haven't been playing too much um, I, I've been dipping in and out of Animal Crossing as I do but it's been winding me up because I've recently managed to get my hands on the new super hot game I've got it downloaded it's sitting there and I've just not had the time but uh, so excited to get into that because I did love the original so much yeah, but uh, you've, you've been compensating for my lack of playing games this week to, Mike, to be honest you? it's not that I've been playing that much but I have been playing a lot of Paper Mario uh, Origami King um, oh, yeah. and I can tell you in my opinion it's my most fun game to play on the Switch to date I think Wow. wow, now that is praise indeed, because mm-hmm. so far the reviews have been very much split of people loving it or people hating it. Yeah. You're clearly in the loving it camp. I think it's amazing. I absolutely love it. And I think what's great about it is I think the art style is amazing. It's got the best water effects of any Switch game I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Genuinely good. Um, it's, it's The storyline is fun. Um, yes, it is kind of linear, but that's fine because the humour is great. Um, I don't really understand, other than if you're expecting a fully-fledged RPG, um, Mario RPG, then I don't understand any of the criticism that I've read. Um, the battle system is probably my least favourite part of it, and I know that's been a big criticism, and I know a lot of people will play it because of the battle system, so I suppose that's where it comes from. Um, for me, I'm not playing it for that reason. I play it because, you know, I like Mario, I love the animation, I love the story, I love the feel of it. It's my favourite Mario game I've played. I prefer it to Odyssey. Wow, that is that is impressive, actually. Yeah, I, I, I guess like I see where you're coming from. It does look like a game where you want to use a controller for it, but you don't need like a nice like PS4 Xbox controller. No, it looks like as long as you've got a couple analog sticks, you would be getting the optimal experience. Honestly, no more, no it's less. It's just it's just so well put together. It's a lovely, lovely game. Um, it's not groundbreaking in the sense that it's not going to push the limitations of the Switch, I don't think, other than those water effects randomly. Um, and um, <laughs> But it's just got so much charm to it. And, it, and it's one of the few games 
that I've played now maybe five hours, six hours or something. So I'm a little bit into it. Um, but I feel like I'm now, I really want to find time to play more. Whereas when I get to this stage in a lot of games, I kind of go, oh, it's a bit of a chore now. I feel like I'm at that chore point where it's not quite, you're not at the climax of the game, but you're not early enough that it's on you. You're just at that kind of sort of slow stage. Doesn't feel like that with this. I'm just excited to see the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And there's so many things to it. It's just a really, really well-designed game. Um, and of course, I have the advantage that I've not played um, any of the previous, previous paper ones. Mario yeah. games. And I think yeah. that's why I've come at it and just been blown away by it. I think if I had expectations of the kind of RPG-ness of the Thousand Year Door or whatever it was, um, then I think I might have been disappointed in that sense. But if you take all that away and you just look at it on the merits of being a game, it's a really well-designed game and it's great to play. It's just really good fun. A couple of annoying things, but, but nothing that would really put me off just the battle system I think it's the battle system is it, and it's okay it's fine it doesn't bother me it's just okay so yeah I love it so that's what I've been playing this week in amongst uh, uh, being a new dad <laughs> it's interesting that you found sort of a similar experience with Mario uh, Paper, Paper Mario that you did with The Outer Worlds that if you look at it if you take Paper Mario as just a game you thought it was great and Outer Worlds if you just take it as a Switch game without comparing it it also was great. Actually, did you ever finish Outer Worlds? No, I, I've put it on hold, on hiatus, although I'm quite far through. Well, not far through. I'm about a third the way through it, maybe half. Um, but I'm going to plan to go back to that and Deadly Premonition. But I thought, you know, it would be very unfair mm. on my 17-day-old son to uh, scare him with such games. So I thought I'll play Paper Mario. Now, is, now <laughs> is the only time you can do that for a very long time. While they're that small, you can get away with it. Oh. <laughs> just, ah. Bit of advice. Now is okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I was just messing. <laughs> I don't think he's really caring what's going on. He can't even see me yet. Um, um, but no, I think um, I think that you know, in all honesty, um, Paper Mario, it's it's just a real escapism, and I think Outer Worlds does that in a different way. But you know, I think you're right. You're right in that because I've not played it on any other system like Outer Worlds, I've just come at it fresh. So yeah, no, really loving it. I recommend it thoroughly. Oh, fantastic! So after kind of sinking your teeth into it, finally, do you see yourself maybe? After you've wrapped it up, maybe giving Bugs Fable a yes. go or maybe try and get your hands on the older titles? Yes, um, Bug Fables, yeah, because I've seen a lot of people um, talking about that in our uh, uh, Discord group as well. People have been saying, oh yeah, Bug Fables, I'm on that. Um, I know that there's a few people jumped on it recently and a few people like James who hosts the podcast now and then also... Uh, was really talking up Bug Fables. He's also loving Paper Mario, funnily enough, and he played Bug Fables previously. And I thought maybe he wouldn't love it as much because he'd already ah. played a game that had that vibe, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But no, he's loved both of them. And he says, Bug Fables, get on it. It's really, really good. Um, so yeah, that's... Um, I'm going to be there. I'm, whether I go back and play the old ones, maybe I'd like to go... I, I've had this like thing about collecting old uh, Nintendo games again, but I've got nowhere to put them. So, so when I buy a new house, I'll put the old ones. <laughs> Buy a house for your games. Yeah. Priorities, love it. Ah, you need a, a gamer shed. That's what you exactly. need. I think, we just, I think we just had our first comment from my uh, my son there. I think he just did a slight cry there. So apologies if you picked that up on the podcast. Uh, let's get going then with this week's news. Tell us what people want to know. Okay, first up, Hidden Fields have announced Mundon. It's a folklore-inspired horror game set in the Swiss Alps coming out 2021. I'm going to be honest, that sounds terrifying, Anton. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At The Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action-adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes, it doesn't quite work. And you, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now um yeah it's uh, you know it's certainly not going to be at the top of alistair's list anytime soon um but it's got an interesting like location and setting i think that is the real draw of it just this you know big snowy mountains and but i, I don't know it's it's lacking a slight bit of polish uh, i don't know how you're you're feeling about yourself alistair as the objective eye of i hate scary things i mean it depends how you look at this to be honest if you look at it as a scary game i'm probably not going to play it 
But you know, I'm really, um, my hat is off to it because all the graphics in this are hand-drawn. I don't have to look oh. at the trailer, but everything in there has been drawn by hand and mapped on as a texture. So the art style is unlike anything I've seen before. And when you look at it, actually, with that knowledge, you go, oh, yeah, that is a pencil drawing. And it's really, really cool and really interesting. They've created, or I say they, he, there's a single guy that's developed this game. It's just one bloke, as far as I'm aware. And he has gone to extraordinary efforts to create what looks like something very different to anything I've seen before. And it looks very atmospheric, very beautiful. If a bit, I mean, I get where you're coming from, Anton. It's a bit clunky. It's very polygon-esque. It's not polished. Yeah, it's a little flat, yeah. which that was uh, the it thing. Is it is quite flat. turned when, me off slightly, but... Yeah, but with that knowledge of, oh, hand he's hand-drawn it, yeah, that elevates it to a different level. Yeah, I, mm. I think it looks absolutely stunning, um, to be honest. I think um, it is a weird art style, I think, because it's hand-drawn. It's got that weird kind of, you know... Um, sort of classic look to it but not in a video game sense it's like a, it's like a book you know like an illustrated book or something but it's really well done um and i'm interested to see what the the gameplay is like about uh, on this because i think if they can get the, the gameplay right the atmosphere is great on this i think this is really atmospheric um looking anyway um as you said uh al i'm not sure whether or not it's something that you would be into if it would be particularly scary. It does look a bit freaky to me, but it's definitely different. I'll give them that. It definitely looks pretty cool. Yeah, go check out the trailer. It is worth looking at with that knowledge in your head. It's just, it's amazing what he's done. Yeah. As a one as one guy with a pencil and some textures. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, next up, Pixel Hive have announced Kays and the Wild Masks. It's a 2D platform where you play as a rabbit, which sounds... Uh, like a bit of fun. Um, what's your initial thoughts, Anton, on this one? Yeah, it has um, very 90s vibes to it. You know, it has like late, like 95, 96, when people were still trying to come up with their new Sonic Mario Killer. Like not not the consoles, but the third parties, like your THQs and your Acclaims who were trying to compete with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks polished. It kind of has Saturn platformer elements to it, where it's like just... A little bit nicer than 16-bit. Gameplay-wise, it it's a little bit simpler. It's, I guess, just literally jumping and bouncing off some walls. But all around pixel art-wise, it looks fairly polished, wouldn't you say? I've got to agree. I mean, when I looked at this, it, it is very, like you said, it's, it's Saturn. It's sort of 32-ish bit. It's probably how I would describe it. Very cartoony, mm. very cutesy. And yeah, your rabbit runs on, jumps and spins around to float. Very, very simple mechanics, but very reminiscent of some some nice old nostalgic games. I do have to agree with Anton, though, but looking at the trailer of the gameplay is perhaps uninspiring. That's that is maybe the nicest way I can put it. You know, it There's re- nothing new there. It reminds me of what I thought the Mega Drive looked like. <laughs> if that- yeah, actually, yes, I know exactly what you mean. In your head, that's what it looked like. When you go back and look at it, mm, not so much. Yeah, but at the time, to put that on a CRT TV, maybe it did look like that to us. Yeah, I mean, I have to say that it, it looks really nice. Um, gameplay, I'm kind of on the fence with it because it does remind me so much of that kind of 16-bit era in terms of the, the gameplay. The graphics more like the 32-bit era, but the, the gameplay, definitely that 16-bit Mega Drive SNES era. And I wonder, there could be a market for this for people like me who want to f- sort of play a 16-bit platformer again. Because I think this could, if it, if it plays well, it doesn't have to be the most groundbreaking in the world, but if it plays well... I might give this a go. Not on release, depending on price, of course. I might wait for that sale. We always talk about the sales because there have been plenty of them of recently. <laughs> uh, by the way, just on a side note, um, in fact, I'll come on to it in a second. Remind me in a second to tell you what I did buy in the sale. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I'm going to wait and see because I, I quite like the look of this. I think this looks all right. It's 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 different enough than what's coming out now. It's not different in the bigger scheme of things in video games. And I think you're right. I don't think it's it's not got anything that unique about it. Except yeah, the fact think, you can um, buy a digital or a physical version. There you go. Oh, oh. Yeah, okay. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no yeah, price, think... but there is, they have said it will be available in both formats. Okay. Mm. I think the thing that summarised it for me was when I, I looked at their description of it and they just were like, it's a 90s-inspired 2D platformer. I'm like, that's most of platformers, sure. <laughs> yeah, like, that is just platformers. They're all 90s-inspired, really. Uh, yeah, what I was going to say on the sale, I picked up uh, Steins Gate Zero because... Oh. There's a 50% sale on uh, on their games, and I was buzzing about that because, as you know, 
huge fan of Steins Gate um, and Steins Gate Zero is the follow up to it and I got it for 50% off so I was like yeah I've got a bite at that because it doesn't usually go down in sale so anyway I just wanted to, to throw that in so, I meant to so mention it earlier what you're saying is me and Alistair need to get our, our mind maps ready for how this franchise <laughs> go and get the first one the, the Steins Gate uh, the one that I played already which is like the redone version of the original it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't open it's, this can again. We've been down here before. Yeah, it's, it doesn't a, it's end a pointless well. story. Okay. I've never learned. All I was going to say was, I love it. it's on sale right now. Go and buy it. 50% off. One of the best stories you'll ever hear. <laughs> All right. Don't buy Zero, though, and don't buy the other one because that's a romantic thing. I don't know what it is, but it's something to do with romancing. Romancing? Romancing! Time for dancing and romancing. Uh, right, next up, we've got Team 17. Oh, no, we don't. We've got Ace Team and Giant Monkey Robot have announced and released Rock of Ages 3 Make and Break. It's a tower fence game meets Marble Madness. The game features a campaign, level design, uh, designer, sorry, uh, multiplayer and games modes. I quite, I quite like the look of this. It's just not something that... I think I would put enough time into, but I love the kind of like the, the the artwork. There's some sort of almost Monty Python-esque bits in the middle aisle where, you know... Oh, the whole thing is just Monty Python. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's absolutely playing on that aesthetic. Yeah. It's, it's taking cool. Terry Gilliam's stuff and just run with it. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. It's It looks it looks really over the top. I love the vibe of it. Um, it's probably not something I see me buying and playing necessarily, but in a sale... I would probably give it a go and I'd probably end up like I did with Mario Rabbids hooked on it forever Anton because it does seem like that right, real kind of addictive Indeed. game yeah it's one of those games I've always known of the existence of it it's always something you see on Steam or wherever PlayStation or whatever console sits on and you look at it and you're like I think just at a glance the thumbnail the logos it kind of looks a little bit mobile-ish yeah so I've always glossed past it, but going through the trailer, I was like, oh, that looks like tons of fun. Yeah. Maybe not right away, but just like, there's just some bits I'm like, it has like, so basically you've got these massive long levels. You go along it, part marble madness, part mini golf, going through these big long courses to try and get to the end castle. Just, I was like, oh, that's fresh. Yeah. I'm, I'm done to give that a go at some point, but I don't know when. But I think that's just us having too many games now that's yeah. our response to everything I think what I would say though is if you've got the original or not the original but if you've got the previous version you've got number two which I think is on this, the um, e-store at the moment or certainly was uh, it's pretty much from what I can gather largely the same game but they just added in the level creator so it's, it's mm. not a whole I, I might be wrong but I, I, what I've read on the internet kind of suggests that it's a new game but not really new so it's probably not worth investing if you've got the old one unless uh-huh. you really want to but if you've not got it then it certainly does look like a lot of fun and it just looks chaotic I mean build a tower and then what, roll giant eggs boulders pumpkins whatever at it and try and destroy stuff I haven't I haven't quite got my head around the mechanic of it but it looks fun and I want to try it yeah absolutely <laughs> Okay, so next up, Team 17 have announced Crown Trick coming to Switch. It's a roguelike RPG about uh, with a tile-based combat, sorry. And um, yeah, Anton, uh, interesting thing with Team 17 is, of course, they've done some really great stuff. And, and this is um, it's a little bit different for them, really. Indeed. You know, I think in any other circumstances, I would maybe pass this game by because we have had a lot of roguelikes. Uh, and my heart can only take so much uh, pain and suffering and sadness. But Team 17, you know, they, they made worms. They're like the, the masters at uh, sadness, distraught and ruining hearts in a good way. They're brilliant game designers. Uh, so, you know, I'm interested in the talent that's behind it, but I, I don't think I'm familiar enough with the genre to kind of inspect. But it looks polished enough, wouldn't you say? Eh, I'm a bit like you, man. I don't. Mm. I tend to shy away from roguelikes because I just would get frustrated, and they're not really a genre I particularly enjoy playing. But watching the trailer, I, I, I got halfway through and went, can't be bothered, and turned it off. I, I, I know that's probably sacrilegious to say because I genuinely do love a lot of stuff that Team Seventeen do. And uh, sort of yeah. for you, uh, like you, sorry, I'm still riding on the high of their worms. I can, they do no wrong in my eyes because of worms. Worms is the greatest <laughs> game that was ever made. Or bordering on it anyway. And even with that in the back of my head, I'm just looking at it going, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. What about it, you, Mike? There was a missing flair. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence about this one again. Similar to you, I think we're kind of saturated with a lot of these roguelike RPG kind of dungeon crawlery type looking games that are that kind of you know with, with from very similar aesthetic and a very similar art style. It feels like we've got a lot of them. So I think it's going to have to have something different. But what I will say is that being Team Seventeen. They generally always have something different about it. Even, you know, look at the recent releases like Moving Out and Overcooked and things like that. Um, they've always got something just slightly different about their gameplay or about the mechanics. So I'm kind of on the fence in the sense that normally I would probably pass this by. But because it's Team 17, I'm going to wait and see and see what kind of gimmick it has. Because there'll be something. There'll be something there to get you hooked. Well, um, I do find something that their own PR guy said to be kind of half amusing and I presume he said this tongue in cheek but if he if he's genuine oh. then <laughs> um, so a guy called Max um, Everingham who's head of publishing at Team 17 has described the game as roguelike royalty nice, nice. <laughs> oh that's a some bougie commentary nice. there yes he's called it a beautifully realised and unique experience that thanks to its mix of gameplay features oh sorry thanks to its mix of gameplay features I'm just bracken words I'm interested to see if it lives up to that uh, that mm. hype <laughs> You never know. You never know. I mean, I do think that the, any if anyone can do that, Team 17 have got a good shot at it. So, yeah, we'll look out for that. It's called uh, Crown Trick, and it's coming soon. Uh, next up, I do like the look of this, though. It's from Yogg's Cast Games, mm. and they've announced a game called Drink More Glurp. It's an alien sports game. It's coming out on the 6th of August. For some reason, Alistair, I just think you're going to like this game. Um, I'm going to disappoint you. No! Well, right. <laughs> I'm waiting for the game to come out because actually it's, I'm hoping it's going to be really good fun. But I'm just looking at the trailer of it and I'm going, it looks like something appears on your mobile phone. It doesn't look complicated. The graphics are really simplistic to the point where they're almost too basic. And the mechanic is literally, from what I can gather, just you use your sticks to move the limbs of the alien and make it do various tasks. It doesn't look particularly deep in any way. And okay, they've got a multiplayer with up to, I think it's 20 people. What? I don't know. I just, I, I'm just sitting here going, I, I'm, I must be okay. missing something here. I'm going to say something on this. Um, first of all, it's only going to be seven ninety nine. Secondly, it reminds me of uh, Pikuniku, which I loved. Um, Pikuniku doesn't look. When I first saw Pikuniku as a game, I thought, "There's no way I'm going to like this." I played it. It became one of my favorite games on the Switch. It's in my top ten. It's a really great game, um, and it's simple, but it works. I think this will be like that. I think this is going to be one of those games that when you look at it on the surface, you go, hmm, doesn't look that great. But when you play it, it all makes sense. Anton, what do you think? I I, um, I, I love it. I think it looks dumb. It's stupid. It's, uh, it looks just feel fun. I think with a multiplayer, you could just chuck people at it. Yeah. Um, you know, I really enjoyed Quop. Yeah, it was a simple game, if you've ever heard of it uh, or played it, where it's basically uh, you control each of the limbs and you try to run and you fail and uh, it's a horrible spectacular and yeah uh, as well as that i think it's interest there are some bits where it's it's nice to do traditional sports but not uh with like a normal normal humanoid body uh, i'm yeah i'm up to give this going 789 uh i think you know decent price yeah. even, even without a sale uh and your cast there's there's some good guys. yeah i'm kind of i gotta say um i, I think i I like what I've seen so far but I do get where Al's coming from but I do think when you play it Al mm. you'll change your mind I just think you'll go I, I hope I'm proved wrong like I genuinely do yeah. uh, next up we've got a game uh, from uh, Yuji Naka they've announced Balan Wonderworld it's a 3D platformer inspired by the fantastic and spectacle of Nights into Dreams which of course is an absolute classic um, I love the look of this 3D platforming goodness it's like the early 2000s late 90s but like with those Nights into Dreams ridiculous over-the-top colours, Anton. Um, if this is good, it's going to be great. If it's average, it's probably still going to be quite good. Yeah, it's kind of got a mix between Hat and uh, Time and uh, Yokulele, where I'm like, oh, where is it going to sit in this middle ground? But um, And they haven't shown too much of the gameplay, but what they've shown of the world, I like the look of the characters. It kind of has that, like when you used to watch old commercials for like mascot characters and they had Sonic and Times Square and there's tons of neon lights and big TVs that are the size of buildings it has that kind of spectacle and there's just something about that I'm like mm, I like the look of that but gameplay wise I, I couldn't get a grasp of it sadly yeah I, I'm loving the the look the 
visual aspect of this game is awesome and it's from the guys who basically invented Sonic I mean they made the first Sonic Hedgehog so it's it's a it's coming from a very polished pedigree so I've got high hopes for it because we all know I love a good 3D platformer particularly a nice cartoony 3D platformer they put me in my happy place and this is very much singing happy place to me so so long as they don't mess it up and I'm pretty sure they won't it should be great what what I am interested to see is what it ends up looking like because the trailer I've seen I think was from the Xbox show so what I'm probably seeing is Xbox whatever the new one's called I've given up keeping track of them the new Xbox it's probably from that one so when it gets translated to the Switch that will be fascinating to see if they manage to keep the, the beauty because that is a vivid vivid landscape they created yeah. there it's, I think they it's will stunning. I think they will I, really I hope do. they do I, and I think, they, I think the Switch can handle it yeah I do as well um, you know I, I, I'm the same as you I love it f- visually I think it looks great it does remind me of classic 3D platformers which I love that whole era um, if they get it right, it's going to be great. A lot of it is going to be in the in the gameplay. You know, that's the proof of the pudding with that one. But uh, exciting nonetheless. Look out for that one. Balan Wonder World, it's called. Next up, Dragon Vein Studios have announced another crusade. It's the Kickstarter and it's an homage to Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. We talked about um, people who might have wanted a Mario RPG instead of Paper Mario. Uh, I mentioned that at the start of the show. And you could just about possibly get it here. I do like the look of this. I have played a bit of the Legend of the Seven Stars before, uh, so I know where they're coming from. And yes, it does have a kind of feel about that, but much more kind of nighty, <laughs> Anton. It's much more kind of like, you know... Yeah. I like it. Uh, you know, for gameplay and the kind of the aesthetic of it, it's definitely one for one. It's, it's mostly in the story where they're kind of taking its own path, where it is more classically RPG, which, you know, I think the gameplay, the the kind of look for it, you know, if you like that, like the original Super Mario RPG and you're one more of that, like you're sold on it already, so that's completely uh, covered. I feel like they've kind of missed the mark a little going for a more traditional fanciness. I think some of the reason why Super Mario RPG was, it was weird, wacky Mario characters and weird Mario situations. But serious. Yeah, I think that's a good point, so, actually. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where they go with this. At the end of the day, at the moment, it's still Kickstarter, and they're looking to get forty-four thousand, I think, to fund it. Forty-four thousand dollars. I don't know where they're at the moment, but I think as of yesterday morning, they were around about three thousand-ish. So they've got a long way to go. It might suddenly shoot up. It might become a, a huge hit. But anyone that's trying or claiming to make the spiritual successor to a game like that is. <sighs> They may be setting themselves up for a fall. I, I don't want to be too negative because I like to think they can create something really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. They obviously the people behind it obviously love the original Paper Mario one, and they just not Paper Mario, sorry, Super Mario RPG. They love Super Mario RPG. They want to make an homage to it, and they might well pull it off. But it is a very high bar they are aiming for. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. But again, if pricing is important and, and you know where they sit with it, it might just end up... I think sometimes it doesn't do you any good to have these comparisons. Sometimes it works. I think in this case, it might actually do them a disservice. It may just be a great game in its own right. As you said, Anton, it's a bit nighty in the way it looks. It's not quite as, as more traditional in the sort of the setting and not quite as wacky. And maybe that's just where it is. And maybe they just need to lose that tag of being like Legend of the Seven Stars because it's maybe in its own right it's, it's its own good thing so but we'll keep an eye on that. Said that it's got us talking about it it has yeah that's exactly it's good for now but they might not want to keep that tag forever next up HAL Laboratory have moved into the house to Nintendo's new Tokyo uh, can I start again the new Tokyo office. lack of sleep much Mike yeah um, so anyway uh, so they so HAL Laboratory have moved into the new Tokyo office for Nintendo right so that's what we're saying yeah. what, what does this they mean Anton in house uh, so basically, whereas before they had their own dedicated offices, they were basically uh, an entirely different company that was owned by Nintendo. Uh, they're literally inside Nintendo now. They're, they're one and the same now. Uh, they'll possibly have their own projects and own things, but it does make them more vulnerable to if they've got a big project to just merge HAL Laboratory to the floors maybe below or above them. Uh, it's it's hard to say where this would go, but it's... Uh, Business bureaucrats. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense if they have been doing their own stuff, but, you know, maybe they don't need the, the size. I mean, it's not like the only they're the only company right now that's um, getting rid of buildings and trying to downsize and, you know, consolidate at the moment, Al, is it? No, no, that's going on all around the world at the moment. And to be honest, I mean, it, 
it probably makes sense from a business point of view, so long as they're left to their own devices to do what they do, which, to be honest, it doesn't really matter if they're in the same building or not. I mean, no. whatever Nintendo would or wouldn't do with them probably doesn't make a big difference whether no. they're actually physically sitting in the same block of concrete and glass or not. No. So it's, it's interesting. It obviously shows that they're working very, very closely together. Probably nothing to worry about. Yeah. my take on it. All right, Mario Kart Tour is getting horizontal mode. Does this make a big difference to you, Al? Nope, I tried it. I instantly went back to using it in portrait mode because the portrait mode is just easier, frankly. Yeah, because you, cool you, you need two hands then, obviously, and I guess mm. with, horizontal, with portrait you could... Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. It doesn't add anything, and I don't feel you're missing anything by doing it, adds it a in hand. portrait. <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> you're still controlling one, the other hand is literally just holding the other side of the phone. I All mean, right. it's just, it, it's completely pointless but nice. Okay. I appreciate the fact they put it in there. Well, I'll move on then because we've got some Nintendo Report stuff to give you. So this is where I fall asleep, but you guys get really excited. So I'm going to I'm gonna fly through this and you're going to talk amongst yourselves and I'm going to have a nap and eat an energy bar. A new Nintendo Report uh, shares the wage of some of their top brass. So Shuntaro... Uh, Furukawa, he's on $2.4 million, uh, which is 0.73 million basic plus a 1.67 million bonus. You know, it's just slightly <laughs> under my bonus for this show. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto is 1.8 million. Uh, again, the bonus makes up most of that. And uh, Shinya Takahashi, 1.24 million, um, which is uh, coincidentally the exact amount we pay Leona to do the indie cor- corner, which is on the way a little bit later on. Um, but just talking about the finances, first of all, the bonus thing, it seems to be all in bonuses. I'm assuming that means, Al, things are going well for Nintendo because you don't pay out bonuses of that amount if not. Exactly. I don't think anybody in the entire planet would suggest that things are not going well for Nintendo at the moment. This is probably the most successful they have been in, well, since the Wii, which is a long time ago now. I mean, the Wii is boringly old. I don't even want to think about that. So yeah, it's doing well, and I don't mind them having decent salaries. But actually, they're as as hefty as those salaries are, and they're very hefty. I'm actually surprised they're not higher. <laughs> you'd, yeah. you'd think those guys might be earning even bigger bucks, but yeah, hey, by the time you got one million, one million, five million, eh, who cares? Um, like I remember uh, when they shared the the statistics for how much all of the Apple staff were getting paid, and it's like I remember it was like head of retail at Apple was thirty mil, head of design was forty mil, which obviously Apple's a much bigger company. But I'm looking at that, I'm like Shigeru Miyamoto is like the man. <laughs> the thing is, what's missing from that, though, is the fact that probably all the stock options are playing huge amounts of dividends and all that good stuff. So there will be more to it than what is True. just shown there. <laughs> I'll be all right with the basic, to be honest. But um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of money. It's weird. Shigeru Miyamoto is such like a lovely, like, he just feels like you're you're happy like granddad that's just loving life and I don't picture him as like a tens of millions guy yeah. it ruins the image slightly <laughs> <laughs> also the report has shared details of some staff stuff as well so the number of employees uh, 2,395 the average age is 39.2 uh, average length of service 13.9 years and average annual salary is about $86,000 that's a pretty good paying company uh, uh, Alster. It, it is. I wouldn't mind going working for them. And the fact that people tend to stay there a long time and they've got a fairly um, aged average age. Because I imagine if you take a lot of companies, the average age is probably quite low because they probably have a lot of grunts at the bottom who are on virtually nothing and are like 18 years old, probably. But Nintendo clearly are a fairly, uh, they're an older company, which may explain why they're less prone to um, jumping around left, right and centre and reacting quickly to stuff because they just go, no, we know our mind. We know what we're doing. Screw you. Yeah, maybe they should maybe listen to some advice about having more direct, but that's a whole other story. But uh, Anton, what about um, what about you? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, like it is. I think the the fun, thing I found interesting in there is the average years of service because I that is incredibly high for the industry. There is quite a trend of you know you jump around like per project, like you know there's a you get the company hires a whole bunch of staff to make the new Red Dead and then they drip them off a little and then they move over to EA to do something. But with that long years of, like, that consistency, I wonder if that's part of the fact that, you know, there isn't, like, you have so much trust that, you know, there is a consistency between Nintendo products. Mm-hmm. Like, the way Mario was in Sunshine is not that far off where he is in Odyssey. Yeah. Um, a progression, but very consistent. So I wonder if that plays a factor into it. Well, it's certainly interesting. I'm not sure... 
in on its own without seeing details of other companies how it compares. But as I would agree, I think it probably is longer average service and slightly higher average age as well. So it's uh, interesting and possibly higher average wage, uh, which which could explain the higher average mm. length of service. <laughs> um, right, I'm going to throw in just a few updates here together and then I'm going to let you just jump in with any of these um, that you want to comment on each just because uh, I'm aware that we've still got a bit to get through. Uh, Fantasy Strike is free to play. It's gone free to play. So has Rocket League. If you haven't got on that, get on it. I've put in 500 hours into Rocket League and to be perfectly honest, um, I I think I've bought it three times now in different systems and had about three free versions so just get it. Uh, Pokemon Rumble Rush has been discontinued and Ubisoft will do a second Ubisoft Forward in September in case you uh, were interested in what they were up to. Uh, four quick bits of information there. Uh, Anton, I'm just going to quickly get your thoughts on those. Uh, anything you want to comment on? I mean, the Ubisoft thing is quite interesting. Yeah, I think the the second Ubisoft Forward is going to be the one that we'll be interested in. Mm-hmm haven't watched the first one that they've just done that was a lot of their like games as a service their kind of their a lot of their esports stuff so they had like uh they had their new uh battle royale they had rainbow six siege they had a lot of that sell stuff i think at this one it's going to be you know you're just dances maybe you're beyond good and evil like gods and monsters are we going to get more on that gods and monsters and stuff like that i think that's going to be more their original IPs that you buy maybe once every five years rather than playing like Rainbow Six Siege every day of your yeah. life sort of games. Yeah. Uh, Alistair, what's your thoughts on those news items there? Oh, yeah, Rocket League kind of surprises me a little bit, but at the same time, it's probably a smart move because I suspect by now, anybody who's going to buy Rocket League has probably bought Rocket League. Well, remember... So if they make it free, then they'll probably get a whole new people coming in playing it and going, actually, oh, this is great, and they'll go and buy whichever packs and cars and yeah. whatever else they want but remember that Rocket League in itself um, when it launched it was free on the PlayStation as part of PS Plus and that's how I yeah, first got into it that's I first played it yeah and yeah, I would yeah, never have same. played it had it been that mm, so likewise. I think they've just gone here's another generation of people who maybe never got into Rocket League because they're maybe weren't gaming at that point and they've gone let's let's make it free for the Switch players because there's a lot of Switch players probably not played it so I, I think it makes sense yeah and Pokemon Rumble yeah. Rush eh, who cares <laughs> I mean it's a mobile yeah. game I don't care <laughs> It was uh, it was basically like the diet version of Pokemon Unite. <laughs> it wasn't anything special, mm. but uh, yeah, I guess with Rocket League, they've had it. They've been able to sustain a company off that game for so long, so they've clearly put the the forms of monetization in place to make that survive. And let's be real, people were giving away physical copies of that near the end. It was like eight pounds for a physical collector's edition, yeah, which I have. Like it, it was pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah, and Epic own it now as well. And of course, as we know with Epic, they tend to do this kind of thing a lot. And, and the thing is that the, the original company did that way back at the start anyway. So they've kind of taken a bit of their model, a bit of their own model and gone, yeah, you know what? We can put that out free to play. Because let's face it, a lot of people on there will trade and they will upgrade and they'll buy stuff and they'll get the season pass and all that. So in all honesty, you could quite easily... I, I, I bought the season pass once maybe. So I think, you know, there are people out there, if there's people like me even... You know they'll they'll make their money back. Um, all right, let's move on then. Uh, Hori have announced a Pac-Man Split Pad Pro, which sounds kind of fun. Um, although random, it's Pac-Man. I'm assuming <laughs> is there a reason, Anton, or just because they felt like it? No idea. It's a uh, the Split Pad Pro. If you don't remember, it's basically like a Pro controller cut in half and then Joy Cons. Hmm. Uh, don't know why Pac-Man's the most appropriate thing for that. The last limited edition with Demonic Machina, but. Uh, Good show. They're a fantastic controller if you're looking for some Joy-Con alternatives that won't break in a day. Well, I'd rather have the Pac-Man one than the Demon X Machina one, Al. Well, bear in mind, the Pac-Man one can't be used wirelessly. They have to be attached to the side of the switch at all times. That was going to be my next question because I remember this being an issue previously. Yeah, yeah. So that's the only downside. But apparently they are incredibly comfortable. I mean, if you're doing portable gaming for a long time, they are almost the controller to have because they're um, a bit more ergonomic than the actual the standard Nintendo one. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, couple of bits here that I want to throw in just together again, just so we can get through these. Uh, Grid Auto Sports going to get a new update, 30th of July. It's going to add online multiplayer Labo support and Hori wheel support as well. So there's another accessory from Hori there getting in, in the act. And Nintendo have offered a free trial of Pokin Tournament DX from the 29th of July, which is a couple of days' time, all the way through to the 8th of August at midnight. We mentioned this on our roundup for our Patreon supporters. Uh, so if you aren't one of our Patreon supporters, supporters go and check it out at uh, nsukp.co.uk and get signed up there because there's a whole bunch of extra stuff we did mention that a couple of days ago as well 
on one of our extras. Um, I, I think I played the... Is there a demo? There's a demo of Pokemon Tournament, which I played. Um, but I think I'd probably quite like it, but I wasn't that into it that I was like, yeah, I'm going to go and, go and do it. But this is the kind of thing where people like me might go, I'll download that. I've got some time on my hands. I'm going to have a go. And then they might be into it. It's quite a sensible move because it's not like an ending game, Anton, where you, you know, you've got a definitive ending. Indeed. I, I, I To be honest... Uh it's for me I was as a business person for themselves not the game I would offer but for the kind of end consumer it's a good game to just dip in have your little wee fix of a uh, Tekken or Pokemon whatever kind of is your appeal then dip out it's a uh, so worth a download it isn't like you're you're going to play it and then be like ah, I need to buy it right away or you might but it's a good game to dip into I would say yeah. Sounds good. I've never tried it, but it does kind of float my boat because I love the Tekken games. I quite like Pokemon, oh, I mean, but at the same time, the Pokemon battle in a Pokemon game is kind of it becomes a bit of a grind. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine that this being a sort of one-on-one fighter might become a bit of a grind in the same way. But I have no idea. I mean, it's I'm, quite I'm intrigued enough to go and try it. There's a lot of options. I think there's a lot of things you can do. I think that's the biggest thing is just learning it. That's what I found with it was I just wanted to get in and fight and button bash, <laughs> to be honest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, you get that free for a week, so it's well worth checking out from the 29th of July. Uh, there's been an official Nintendo statement about new games, and they said, while product development is a little behind schedule in some areas due to the impact of COVID-19, game releases planned for the fiscal year are currently not affected. However, if the impact of COVID-19 is prolonged or becomes more severe, we may not be able to release future titles in line with existing plans. I'm just going to throw out there, they're really just saying um, everything's going to plan, but if it doesn't, then don't blame us. That's pretty much what they said, Al. Uh, I suppose in a nutshell, yes, and nobody really would blame them because the whole world has been basically on pause for six months. So that's going to have an impact and nobody's going to be surprised by that. I'm just going to move on because I think don't think there's much else to say. Yeah. Uh, the incredibly well-reviewed book, Ask Iwata, will get a Western release spring 2021. What is this book and why was it so well-reviewed, Anton? Um, it was basically just a, a whole kind of uh, autobiography or uh, about, um, yeah, a wise life. Uh, everything from him starting off as like a lone man coder, uh, his work on Kirby, um all the way up to kind of rising through the ranks at Nintendo and how his peers kind of looked at him. And there's a lot of wonderful insight from kind of some of his colleagues. I think they have stuff from like Miyamoto and uh, Reggie and a lot of that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of excerpts from it personally where it's just like, oh, he was actually like a really lovely guy. Um, so excited to give this a go and kind of see what the, the response is to it once it's kind of um, out of, out, kind of outside of Japan because I, it, there is a lot of just, you know, his well, kind of really polite Japanese mannerisms, which I wonder uh, how kind of the Western audience will kind of react to when they're reading about it. So I, I quite like this. I mean, I do like an autobiography or a biography on someone, and, and I find it fascinating reading about how people got to where they did. And I think um, the fact it's been well-reviewed is a good sign. Um, the culture thing... Well, as you know, I work with Japanese companies on a daily basis, so I would actually probably quite find it quite fascinating from that point of view as well, um, personally. But I think it just—I think it's nice, you know, because a lot of the time people behind the scenes don't get the credit they deserve, or or at least get the recognition they deserve. Al, and I think, you know, having these these books, you know, and books where you you get to hear about someone's kind of life and how they got to where they were, you know, I, I like them. I don't know if it's really your thing, though. Are you an a, a autobiography kind of person? I tend not to read them. I mean, I've got a few. I've got a couple from the Formula One world. I was going to say F1. (laughs) Yeah, I've got Chris Hadfield. You know, remember the singing astronaut sang um, Space Oddity on the space station? I've got his one. I I read a few, but most of the time I tend to stick to fiction. Although at the moment, actually, I'm reading, slightly off topic, the uh, No Such Thing as a Fish book of the year from last year, which is just full of random fun facts. There we go. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, that does sound quite fun, actually. Uh, massive Nintendo leak has happened again. The Giga Leak featured source code for a bunch of classic SNES games and Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Color. Early versions of Yoshi's Island, a Sprite... Uh, Spir- Sp- is it Sprite? I can't... For, Sprite, uh, sorry. For NES, <laughs> Zelda 3, Super Mario Brothers 5, Super Donkey and Dragonfly. Is this where I saw Luigi in Super Mario 64, Anton? Uh, that was... For- people still data mining the old leaks so there has been a leak that Super- Luigi was meant to be in Super Mario uh, 64 yeah, mm. spotted that uh, which is cool he looks good uh, uh, it's a shame he wasn't because he looked yeah. the part <laughs> uh, 
you know, they they were sitting there like, yeah, we can make a, a touchscreen version of the game if t- like 14 years later and people will buy that to play as Luigi. Yeah. I would, <laughs> I would love for there to be a book one day that Nintendo published of its own secrets. It's going, here's everything we thought about doing and here's why it actually didn't happen. That would be so good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've, they've recently done it with Valve where they did um, the final hours of Half-Life Alex, and it basically goes over every cancelled game between Portal 2 and Half-Life Alex. Wow. But, and that was fantastic. Uh, but nevertheless... Sounds good. Uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff in this leak. Um, it's mostly like people digging through the source code. So considering how long it took them to find the the like the Mario 64 from the, the last leak we had, uh, the Luigi in Super Mario 64 from the last leak, I think we'll be hearing stuff trickling out from this leak uh, as time goes mm. on. But the fact that there was a Zelda 3 that was originally going to happen on the NES... Uh, quite exciting Super Mario Bros 5 which it was like weird because that one's like a little wee mishmash of uh, Yoshi's Island and Super Mario World Um, Super Donkey is also half Super Mario World and a Donkey Kong reboot before Donkey Kong Country don't know how everything in Nintendo in the 90s accumulated into Yoshi's Island but somehow it did and then Dragonfly is what uh, Star Fox started as which is interesting Ah, that's cool. Very nice. Well, nice, but it's a leak, I guess, is a double thing, but it's always good to get this sort of, you know, inside info knowledge. Uh, by the way, there were a couple of showcases. Amazingly enough, there was actually a Nintendo one, which we're going to come on to in a minute, but um, I know it's amazing <laughs> we haven't even talked about this, <laughs> but we'll talk yeah. about that in a minute. Um, so we're going to talk about these, then we're going to do Indie Corner, and then we're going to do the quiz. So uh, Xbox Game Showcase, uh, the Xbox Games, Xbox Game Showcase, The Outer Worlds was there, and it's Peril on Gorgon got announced, so it's like a kind of um, is it DLC or is it is it free or what's the... It's uh, the first DLC but it looks kind of like you know it's Fallout Cell DLC mm. where it's a, a proper good expansion. Yeah, it looks good. Um, yeah, it's like kind of B-movie inspired. It kind of has a Creature from the Black Lagoon vibes which always rubs me the right yeah. way. It, it looks charming. It's a little less serious than the, the base game, which I, I can't like. Yeah, I mean, the base game, I have to say, there's some great humour in the base game as you go into oh, yes. it. So um, it doesn't surprise me, but I also like this B-movie kind of thing going on there. So that's really exciting. Also, Sega announced uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis, which is an overhaul of uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 with improved game design, gameplay, and graphics. Um, again, you know, huge audience for Fantasy Star Online. Is it something that we're going to see on the Switch though Anton indeed yeah that's um, so that's coming to the Switch wow. uh, cool. and so is the Outer Worlds DLC so excellent surprisingly good showcase from uh, for Nintendo Switch at Xbox. I know I was going to say well, <laughs> it was almost better than the Nintendo Direct uh, Mini Partner Showcase this Indeed. week Al um, we were planning on doing a last minute special and we never did it um, are you gutted that we never did it Al no, not in the slightest. To be fair, I was out when the direct happened and I got back and I'd been looking at our Discord channel and went, oh, everybody's underwhelmed. Everybody's telling me not even to bother watching mm. this. Well, I should probably watch it anyway. And I got to the end of it and went, wish I hadn't watched that now. Yeah. Um, it, for me, it was disappointing, but I, uh, to give it, if I can ever put a positive spin on it, I will say it was a partner showcase. If they do a few of these and they're regular, and we say, hey, it's a partner showcase this week, and we do it every few weeks, and there's a new one, fine, if they're that if they're that short. What I worry is, that was them saying, great, hey, look, we gave you an Nintendo Direct, okay, it was a partner showcase, but we gave you one last month. So that's where I'm worried, because for a Nintendo Direct to be less than 15 minutes long, and not to be on one game alone, like a, a Pokemon one or something, that for me kind of irked me a bit, because I was like, you know what, they, there's so much they could have done, even with a partner showcase, they could have added more, and I'm not complaining about the games that were there, I actually don't, I, I thought there were some pretty decent titles in there, um, but you just think, could they not have done so much more, Anton? Yeah, it's, you know, it's so, it was so, you know, I went, I think, in our Discord, we were fairly good at, like, discussing and being like, yeah, you know, we're not going to be getting, like, XYZ, but the fact that it was third-party, it's like, there's a lot of third-party games that are coming to Switch, and you would have kept presumed from the title that this would have had, like, 
you know, a couple of THQ's games, a couple of the stuff coming out of Devolver Digital. Yeah, you've got all the EA like stuff that. that's come in and all that stuff. Exactly. You know, it, that was my issue with it, was like there's so much they could have done. I don't, I didn't have a problem with it being a partner showcase. That's fine. There's loads of great third-party titles coming. But, and what we got was, was okay. Like, the games were fine. There's nothing wrong with any of the games that were announced. But it was just so light on the ground. Little. Yeah. Well, I mean, and there yeah. wasn't really that much announced. I mean, literally, there was, here's some DLC... Here's an HD remaster. Oh, by the way, okay, here's a new one. Fine. Okay, so we've got was it, um, Shin Megami, Shin Tens- Megami Tensei, Tensei 5. 5 and a trailer for a game we knew was already coming. I mean, and there was the wrestling game yeah, as then, well. But the... Yeah, okay, there was the yeah. wrestling. But I mean, that also, yeah. we already knew it was coming out. It wasn't new. Mm-hmm. It, was just, it was just underwhelming, I well, think. Well, Japan. But I don't understand why they did it. Japan, of course, got Atelier Ryza 2 Lost Legends and the Secret Fairy, which is a GRPG, JRPG, um, which looked quite good. I kind of wish we'd got that, Anton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, I like the idea of it where, you know, it isn't like any imposing doom or gloom. It reminds me of Lunar Silver Star Story where it's like, yeah, you're just a bunch of kids. You want to go out of the town. Um, it kind of reminds me of like if you kind of, you live near another town and you just kind of wander in there to just be like, eh, I'm sick of this town as, as a kid. Um, and yeah, there, it's just nothing serious. You maybe get some fruit to upgrade and you just do some fun little battles like... I just like the light-hearted tone, but, yeah. you know, going through it, we'll, we'll, we'll break it all down, but uh, the main announcements were we had DLC for Canes of Hyrule. Yeah. Good announcement. Great to see it. We had uh, two Shimagansi Tensei updates, and then Rogue Company, which was already out by that point on the e-store. Yeah. So they literally just showed... And the wrestling. Two franchises that were and new. The, oh, yeah, wrestling. and wrestling. Yeah. Which... If you don't care about Shimagansi Tensei, that means you got one DLC. <laughs> yeah. it's, it just felt like yeah. a bit pointless, in all honesty. But yeah, um, I, well, that's it. I don't understand why they bothered putting it out. Yeah, I just I really don't understand well, what the what the thinking was because I mean we we know there's so many other big releases going at the moment. You have said the Nintendo, sorry, Nintendo, the Xbox Live um, showcase this week. Why didn't Nintendo bother? Mm-hmm. Putting it out, and I think I, that's, I don't understand. You know, that's the issue I had was that you know all these announcements. There's nothing wrong with them. If we were just talking about them as new announcements this week, nobody would be going, "Oh, who cares about that?" We'd all be going, "Oh, this looks cool" or whatever. But the fact that they made such a big deal of this partner showcase for it to be so little, I think, just made people feel a bit disappointed. Although some people have online argued and said, "Well, look, it's a partner showcase. This is not Nintendo." But I think that's a little naive for me. I think you know, I think Nintendo knows yeah. exactly what's going on there. You want? Know, I think I, I've kind of after coming at some thought. My final kind of conspiracy theory around it is somewhere when they're maybe making deals behind the scenes of, let's say, Shimagansi Tensei was going to be multi-platform, and they're like, actually, we'll give you some promotion. We'll give you like headline feature at a Nintendo Direct, and we'll do like maybe that's part of their bargaining is we'll give you Showtime at a Nintendo Direct, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the world went on fire for a wee bit they don't have any other games to show off and they're like, all right, I guess we need to just, hmm. we contractually are obligated to show a little bit of Shimagansi Tensei. I like your, um, your your conspiracy theory. You could be right. You could be right. Who knows? But um, yeah, let's just hope next time it's a proper one. Enough of that, Nintendo. That's just nonsense. Okay, it is time for Indie Corner and Leona is back with another game that you can download from the Switch eShop and this one, well, it's good news for me and Al. We'll let Leona explain a little bit more. This is Leona's review of Hugh. This week we're looking at Hugh, a 2D puzzle platformer that's been out on the Switch for a little while now and out on some other platforms for a couple of years, but it's never really gotten a lot of exposure. You play as Hugh, spelt the same way as that fancy rich person light bulb, a boy roaming a colourless world in search of his missing mother, who's left him some letters to follow along the way. Throughout the game you find colours to add to your colour wheel ring. You can then use the ring to change the background colour of the world around you, to aid in solving puzzles and progressing through the environment. And don't worry, they do offer a colour blindness setting, which uses symbols instead, so my canal, even you guys can play this game. The main mechanic sees you using your ring to interact with the various items like boxes, lasers and paint jets that change the colour of any object you move beneath them. By changing the background colour to the same colour as the object, the object will disappear. 
They've taken this simple concept and built on it really well. I never felt bored by the puzzles. Between the continuing addition of colours and therefore complexity, and the addition of new objects that you can interact with differently. Though I really enjoyed the puzzles, I can't say they were particularly difficult. Time slows down while using the colour picker, which really helps. Without that, I think my review would have a slightly more touchy tone to it. I never got stuck for too long, but I do play a ton of puzzle games, so maybe I'm just too used to them. I do think most people will find the difficulty level pretty decent. There are no enemies and the puzzles don't rely too much on speed, so you can really take it at your own pace. The only real problem I can foresee is that some of the colours are quite similar, so when switching colours quickly you might find yourself selecting the wrong option quite a bit, but as I said there is a colour blindness option if you are struggling. I picked up Hue this week because I was feeling a bit stressed and wanted something relaxing, and that's exactly what I got. The narrative is simple but explores themes of love, loss and remorse, which I did enjoy, although at times it did feel a little bit like they were really hamming on about the whole colours thing, just because that's what the game is and they had to shoehorn it into there somehow. But overall, it wasn't that bad. The whole game is backed by beautiful, soothing, sad piano, which really emphasised the tone and added to the experience. The art style alone is so nice to look at that I think I'd enjoy the game no matter what. Hugh himself is just a dark silhouette moving across the vibrant backgrounds. The developers were definitely influenced by games like Limbo, and you can see that in the art style as well as the gameplay. But I wouldn't necessarily say that's a bad thing. I think Hugh is very successful as a game in of itself. I really enjoyed playing it, it was fun, challenging and perfect to sit down with after a stressful day. I think it's well worth the sale price and if you like puzzles and platformers, I'd say check this one out for sure. So yeah, Al, I love the fact that we've got a colourblind mode. I am all do. in for that. Yeah, yeah, I was very happy when she said that. It, 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 she knows us well, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it's concerning that, uh, that that Leona was like, well, you know, even even Al and Mike can play this. And the only thing is Leona doesn't realise is that we're both terrible at games. So, uh, yes, technically we can play it. But I have to say, I do like the look of uh, of Hugh. It looks, it looks a little bit different. And I think calming is definitely the way that I would imagine it to be from Leona's explanation, but also from what I've seen of it. I think you've got this, Anton, don't you? Indeed, this is one of my favourite kind of reviews because I don't have to buy anything. I, I just had it sitting <laughs> in my Epic Games account, uh, which they've got a launcher now, but it was just sitting in there. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll give that a go. So uh, Delighted to hear it's good. I won't lie. It's, I think when it was in there, I like watched, like I got it. I like watched the trailer and I was like, oh, I don't get it immediately. Skimmed it past, but uh, after hearing the review and then going back uh, to actually watch some gameplay and like sitting with it for like a good five like not five minutes but maybe two or three minutes i think I, i'm watching some gameplay it's maybe deeper in the game yeah. it doesn't look too hard yeah. it looks like easy enough to wrap your brain mm. around yes well you say that but uh, al and i will probably disprove that point yeah, we are rubbish at puzzles <laughs> i'm terrible at them but I, i'm intrigued i genuinely am intrigued and i wouldn't mind giving this a little shot actually. yeah absolutely and remember you can check out leona's youtube channel as well it's leona levels all one word and uh we'll be back leona will be back i would imagine with us on last call which uh, is for our patreon supporters before we move on to the quiz just a quick reminder of that by the way if you want to come support us and get much more content we have an amazing uh uh, sort of uh, community going in our Patreon and you can get uh, loads of extras, I think up to eight extra podcasts plus our new monthly uh, all mics open podcast that we're doing where it's, nothing's recorded, it's all completely live, it's our expansion chat and we've got another one coming up for our uh, N64 tier supporters Al, it's coming up in Let's see, a week and a half. In, oh, yeah, 3rd of August. It's always the first Monday of each month. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just us hanging out on Zoom, having a chat. I mean, why not? Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Indeed, and uh, I think we're, we're doing a pub chat this week, so it should be a, a little bit spicy. We'll pub quiz, whole, yeah. Uh, the whole whole family there. Uh, our first one was kind of a little bit of a test one, but we had like a fairly good, like a sizable crowd of uh people in the chat it was really lovely yeah absolutely it was great to meet people as well that um, you know have have supported us throughout the last uh, few months and of course they are all uh, the N64 tier members are all part of our mug club as well which means they'll get a mug and we are working on that right now if you want to go and find out all about this by the way all you got to do is head to nsukp.com forward slash support dash us and all the details there about how you can support us um, are there Um, I did know nearly NSUKP.co.uk. What did I say? 
Honestly. It's all right. Welcome back. You've been off. I'm tired. Lack of sleep. Lack of sleep. You know, this week, we allow it. Next week, it's murder. I did did notice. I did notice on the website as well. I think we've missed off Roundup off of the N64 tier. So we also have the Roundup podcast for our N64 tier members. So there's even more than, than there's on the website. So very exciting stuff. All right, then. I think we should move on to this week's quiz. I have so many questions. So, what did you guys do when I wasn't here? Because I heard last week that you kind of just <laughs> threw it against people that were listening live. Is that how you did it both weeks? Because the first week, I'll be honest, and I wasn't here. Yeah, uh, it was a, a co- fierce competition uh, with our lovely Patreon Discord server. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I won one. Okay. Uh, so, it's a tie. Good. So, you know... Uh, didn't get admittedly the, the last time I did it against the the Discord I didn't lose so I guess it's a uh, have we yeah. have we got any idea what the score is between you two that's the question uh, I think if memory yeah, serves me right we'll make a spreadsheet at the start I, of the season I think no, was ahead. season three I think it was think eight Anton seven was ahead by one or two eight, eight like seven that. oh can't be eight seven because you can get, it must be nine eight Anton we'll say nine eight Anton I think it was about that so you were definitely a point ahead um, mm. so anyway let's go with nine eight Anton it is and if, remember the way we play first two games I'll give you the description of the game uh, from various points that you might know a bit of information of the game you've got to guess what the game is and then the final one it's a random game title you've got to give me the year so first game are you ready yes indeed it's an action adventure hack and slash video game developed by SCE Cambridge Studio and published by Sony Computer Entertainment God of War no oh um, dev, devil may cry I don't know. released on the PlayStation uh, originally in the EU on the 9th of October 1998 and then in North America on the 21st of October 1998 development of this game began in 1995 at Millennium Interactive under the working title of Dead Man Dan uh, medieval? It is medieval. Well done. Uh, well done. I don't think I've even heard of it, albeit I probably would recognise the box art. Yeah, you would. It's a I cl- lovely game. It was on the PSP later on, which. And PS4. The PS4 reboot was pretty good. Um, and um, very much iconic of that PlayStation era as well, that kind of late 90s. Um, kind of influenced by Tim Burton, that kind of vibe. So. Um, definitely worth checking out if you want to go and look at a game that was out in the oh, previous years. I remember that skull. Yeah. Yes. I, I knew that. you would. I knew you would. <laughs> okay, this next game is a 2006 stealth video game developed by IO Interactive and published by IDOS Interactive for Windows, PS2, Xbox and 360. Oh, oh what was that called? So was it Splinter Cell? Hitman? What did you say, Anton? Hitman? It's the fourth installment in a certain video game series. <laughs> Hitman 4. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hitman uh, Returns? <laughs> I'm going to have to give it to you, Anton. It was Hitman Blood Money. <laughs> so, uh, so I'll give it to I you. I recognise the, the box. I had the box art in my head because I remember uh, just being pure Xbox 360 fanboy at the time. Mm. So... Um, I think I've only played one of the Hitman games. It might have been the first one. I remember just doing terribly, not getting past like the first or second level because I cannot do stealth to save my life. Well, it was uh, this was the 2006 one and uh, Hitman Blood Money, which is the fourth in the series. And uh, yeah, it actually came out again as part of an HD port later on as part of a trilogy as well. Oh. So, so there you are. There has been some remastered versions of it, um, although I don't know if this particular one was included or if it was just the first three, but there you are. So next up, we've got a game for you. So it's 2-0, Anton, so it means nothing, but it's good fun anyway. Um, And Anton can go first to give Al a bit of an advantage, perhaps. I don't know if it does, really. And the game this week that you need to tell me what year it was related, uh, related, released, is called Winback. Anton, when do you think Winback came out? Let's go for... 92. Okay, 92 and uh, Alster. So, mm, the name Winback it does make it sound like it was a Windows game, but I suspect that might be a red herring. Uh, if you're going 92, I'll make it easy for Mike. I'll go 91. Nin- that way it's very easy for him to do the math. 91, okay. Uh, the game Winback was also known in North America as Winback Covert Operations. Some others 
would know it as Operation Winback, but Winback was the original title. Third-person shooter game, uh, and it was oh. on the N64 and PlayStation 2. So, Al, had you gone 93, you would have been closer. It actually came out in uh, 1999 on September the 23rd. So there you are. Wow. Well, well it's, it's, a, it's a... N64 and PS2, that's a... Not a combo you see often now. No, not really. I call that a proper drubbing. Well done, Anton. Yes. <laughs> I think. Yes, uh, it was very one-sided this week. So we're back to normal. 10-8 uh, to Anton. Uh, that is overall. So we'll try and remember that uh, for next time. Um, that is it for this week's podcast. Lovely to be back. Thank you very much for being patient and um, uh, you know allowing me a couple of weeks rest, uh, although I feel like I've never slept since I last saw you, but that's not the point. That's for other reasons. Uh, remember once again, you can uh, head to nsukp.co.uk uh, What else do we need to remind people, Anton? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, we are on Twitter at podcast... No. <laughs> Start over. <laughs> at NSUKP podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I just say, this is our first episode and 75 episodes of doing this show that we've not had a single rumour. That's true. I did notice that and didn't know whether that was a deliberate thing or we just haven't really got any rumours we haven't talked about. Yeah, I think, um, you know, some weeks, you know, it's real rumours. Some people are just lying. So I think this week, uh, Nintendo fans' souls have been crushed so much that they don't want to lie. I think that's it. <laughs> I think you're probably, probably right. And remember, if you want to email, uh, you can email Al at podcast at nsukp.co.uk Good. Thank goodness Please one do. of us got it right today. That's something, at least. Um, <laughs> and until next week, stay safe. We will see you then. Remember, if you are a Patreon supporter, we've got another prequel this week, I think. Indeed, we've got the prequel yeah. and uh, we're literally just finalising the mugs um, <laughs> ish. Yeah, so my fingers hovering to... over the order button. Yes, like, yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. So... If you're able uh, on Patreon, you can add uh, your shipping address. Uh, so if you're able to do that, and then you know, it'll well, there, it's all signed. Yeah, yeah. Basically, <laughs> we'll get it to you. Is what what we're trying to exactly. say. Exactly. Don't worry. I will send you an email very shortly asking you to do that. Yes. So you don't need to. Uh, you don't need to remember based on this podcast. And if you want to be a member of our mug club, head to let me get this right: nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us. That's it. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Cheerio. Au revoir.